want to do a reminder sermon for you this morning, and what I want to do is weave together about 12 messages that I've brought you over the last four years, and uh, kind of just to help remind us what culture we're building and where we're going. Is that okay? So work with me as we do this, and if you want to go deeper into it, kind of the things that I'm going to teach this morning... Uh, I started teaching in 2020, so you know we're three, four years in to this content. And by December 2020, I've written a book about it. So if you want to go deeper, the Divine Reset is the book. Uh, but it really sums up our journey and where we're at today. So we are in a remarkable time. I believe we are at the brink of a new era. That doesn't only come from me, that comes from men and women of God around the world that uh, we've been tracking with for the last four or so years. So there is new things. Everybody say new. Yeah. Oh boy, new. And, uh, but also in this time, another thing that people are saying around the world is that we're in turbulent times. Anybody feel that turbulence? Yeah. Right? And, uh, and so I guess about a year ago I was praying to God and saying, God, what is going on in these turbulent times? I don't just mean for revive, I mean the church across the world, in fact more than the church, the world is going through immense turbulence, isn't that right? Uh, and um, it, if you want to look deeper into the era change, I talk about it in my book 500, which is another book, uh, and really it's kind of referencing here. The 500 book is the prophecy and the background about it, and uh, the Divine Reset is the outworking of how do we embrace the new thing that God is doing. Because uh, old is always easier, isn't that right? You've got muscle memory. I mean, in theory, you should just, your muscles should tell you to click the kettle on bank only. I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> Poor toupee. But there you go. Every now and then our muscle memory lets us down, right? But here's the thing about the future. You and I have very little muscle memory about the future if God is doing a new thing. So it's easy to miss. In all of these turbulent times, I felt God say, this is the new thing beginning. I was with a church last October down in Eastbourne, uh, well, just, just near Eastbourne, Ashburnham Place. And um, I, I arrived, I didn't know this church, and in my little prep in my room before I went to do the first session, I felt God say to me, I was saying, God, what, what do you want to say? I've got my teachings, but is there something you want to say to this church? And he said, I want you to tell them, it's not them, it's me. Uh, okay, well, I don't quite know what that means, but I'll go in and I'll say it. So, uh, uh, as I started my very first session, I said, well, guys, I will get into some teaching in a minute, but I feel God is saying to you, whatever's going on in the church, it's not you, it's him. Well, half the room burst out crying, and the other half the room burst out laughing, They'd been through hell. And there was all sorts of blame and have we missed something? Have we done something wrong? And the relief in this church to realise, no, the turbulence you're going through is happening around the world. It's happening in churches and ministries and in individual homes. It's happening to many people. As we try and grasp what is God doing, there's immense shaking and judgment and all kinds of things going on. And, and I shared with them this, 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 this picture too, because I felt God share this 
with me. Uh, as many of you will know, I, I grew up in Gibraltar. And if you don't, if you're new here, that was my mum that stood up and gave her uh, her testament 60 years ago. And so out of our kitchen window, you could see Spain and Africa. It was the Straits of Gibraltar. Now, the Straits of Gibraltar is a turbulent, bubbling cauldron of a sea. And it's the place where a sea and an ocean meet. And it's rough. And I felt God say, the reason it's so turbulent is because you are in the place where two eras meet right now. And so it is a bubbling cauldron of change. And how many people in the room like change? You know, maybe three in a row. Only Rob Pritchard, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I bet even you, Rob, we like doing change, but we don't always like it done to us. Maybe sometimes you do. But you know, I'm quite into change, but I, I don't mind instigating it. But when change is forced upon us, when God changes direction and route, well, I don't find that so comfortable, even me. And so I feel that we're in the turbulent cauldron of waters between two eras. And everywhere I go around the country and around the world in the last year, they're all going, yep, we feel it too. Stuff is going on in the church around the world. So we're in turbulent waters. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, the, the ferry between Gibraltar and Tangier was a flat-bottomed boat from the Greek islands, and uh, it got pretty rough out there, didn't it? And your breakfast would, you know, slip off the table, and your ketchup would go that way, and lots of people would be in sick. And I vividly remember my my mum that gave a lovely, godly testimony a few moments ago, being sick over the side of the boat. And this poor Moroccan man stuck his head out two floors down at just the wrong moment. And, and he, he didn't get anointed with oil that day, he got anointed with something else. And um, turbulent waters make us queasy. Anybody ever been seasick? Yeah. It's not a nice feeling, is it? And here's the thing in this time of change the capacity for feeling queasy in this time of change is kind of huge. So, another little. Boat lesson. I remember sailing boats were my, you know, my first job was on boats when I came out of school. And so I got invited to go and sail around the Greek islands. And I, I did at one point. And we were heading out into some rough seas. And all my friends were starting to feel sick. So I thought, well, I'll just head down into the hold, lie in my bed, and try and see it through. And there was this big black pastor from London. He just wedged himself in the toilet, and he was sick the whole way. There was an Indian pastor friend of mine. Never seen an Indian look so green, honestly. He looked really, really rough. But my friend and I, Simon and I, I said, Simon, no, you don't want to go down where you can't see the horizon. Uh, I looked, and this, this boat had a bowsprit, a mast sticking out the front. I said, Simon, let's tie ourselves to the bowsprit. And for four hours through this dark storm, we hollered and we screamed and we told stories and our bums got wet and we prayed to Jesus when it got really rough and to my mum when it was, you know, okay. We just, we'd have prayed to anyone at that point. It was a wild four-hour journey. And we got off the bowsprit at the end of it when our journey ended and the guys came out the hold, you know, a little bit of bile and stick around their mouths, looking awful. And they looked at me and said, that was the worst day of our lives. 
And Simon and I looked at each other and went, well, that was the best day of my life. <laughs> Turbulent seas, same journey, best day, worst day. The choice is yours. Hide in the hold, puking your way to the next thing God wants to do if you want. But as for me, I'm tying myself to the bowsprit. Come on, we're, we're, we're buying adventure parks. We're going to try and reach a generation. If we're going into new things with God, should we do it with a little gleam in our eye? Nothing will wash the weariness from your soul like an adventure with God. You were born for adventure. Yeah. Not simply to repeat the muscle memory of religion. You were born for your heart to beat. For you to be nervous sometimes. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're amen. <laughs> you were born for adventure. God. But here's the point. It's got to be queasy unless you can see. If your head's down... Invictive mentality, trying to make it through without being too injured, you'll actually be more seasick. But if you get up high where you can see the horizon, there's a chance you just might start to enjoy the new seas of what God is doing. Now what I'm sharing with you, I know not everybody gets to travel, I know that everybody gets to hang out with prophets around the world, but I do. What I'm sharing with you is not unique to me. It is being echoed around the world right now. And so if I can, just for 20 minutes, I want to enable you to see what God is doing so, so that we can cooperate and adjust our posture and begin to move forward into new things with Him. Amen? Amen. Give us the next slide, Jack. Come on, let's, let's do one. Here's, here's the scripture. I want today, I want you to see far. F-A-R. Okay? What do you call it when you get a different word with each one? And the... An acrostic, is it? Acrostic. Let's do it. Okay, listen, here's the scripture for today. We've done it lots, but scripture's always good. Forget the former things. Oh, easier said than done, right? Oh, my word. Do not dwell on the... Do not dwell on the kindly Mediterranean that was your 1985 Christianity. I know we all want to go back to come on and celebrate, but I'll be honest with you, the closest you'll get is come on and vegetate, right? It's been and gone, we need to step into the new. See, here's what I want to get to today. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Here's the key again. Do you not perceive it? It's vital that we see and begin to wrap our, oh, come on, I'm 53 years old. Our old, oh, can I, oh, our old flabby religious hearts needs to wrap around some new promises from God. Our stayed in the mud. This is the way we've always done it. Minds and hearts are muscle. Do you know that when you start to new, do a new thing, you literally begin to lay new neural pathways in your yeah. brain. Yeah. Many people are not backslidden, they're just bored and need to do something new. Your body is dulled to Christianity. Why? Because it's muscle memory Christianity. But if we can only see the new things he is doing, wow, he is making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What does that mean? I'm taking you places where people don't normally go. And so those who see it will be few. 
but we're going to do some glaciers polishing today, right? My, my friend was in a car crash, a really bad car crash, and he damaged all sorts of bits of his body, and, uh, and the last bit remaining, because he had some measure of brain injury as well, the last bit remaining was he couldn't get his eyesight right, and he thought, I think I, I might have permanently done something to my eyesight. And this was now a year after the crash, and everything was slowly getting back to normal, except for his eyesight. And then one day he thought, well, I'll go to the opticians. And the opticians looked at him and tested him and said, well, everything seems okay. Hang on a minute, give me your glasses. And he gave him his glasses and said, your glasses are bent out of shape. That's all it's been for a year. Nothing wrong with your eyesight. Your glasses were bent in the car crash. Listen, believers. Sometimes we're worried, I can't do it, I can't see it, I can't get it. There's nothing wrong with you. You were born for streams in the desert. You were made for it. It's called revival. You were born for God doing a new thing in your day. Don't go, oh, all I can do is must. No! You were made for new things. Tell the person next to you, you were made for new days. Come on, tell them. You were made. So I want you to see far this morning. Let me give you, let's do the next slide. Let me give you the first thing. Let's just start with this. We're going to do old era, new era. So I hope most of you can see this. Listen, here's the new era. Let's just look at the old era, new era, a bit at the bottom first to begin with. This church has been, and you're in it right now. Listen, it's going to change soon. Church has been life in rows. It's been monologue. Sit and listen to me. It's been Sunday centric. Loads of people turn up on a Sunday, very little happens the rest of the week by comparison. It's been become a church member. And you can't help it, but you want to see souls saved, so the emphasis has been big and bigger. Do the next slide, Zach. But here's where God is going. Life in rows won't do. We've done this so many times over the last few years, haven't we? Life in rows won't do. This is a celebration of church, but life in circles. In other words, your small world matters. Sundays can only do so much. What friends are you adventuring with? Dialogue matters more than monologue. In other words, it's time for church to be a place where I've heard, my name is known, my story is known, my voice is known. It's meant to be family, right? We've got this site so we can begin to shift from just Sunday-centric to seven-day-centric. I see a church where the doors don't close and the lights don't go out and there's always food on the table. Oh, more food. Anybody say amen to that? I don't know. There's donuts there. Again, you call them donuts, whatever you call them. Uh, um, uh, there was a time of, you know, it's the emphasis in church life is I'm a member of that church. Listen, are you a disciple? Are you growing? Because if not, a dullness begins to creep over our hearts and we grow through our relationships, right? Uh, There's something about small that matters. A friend of mine, after the COVID experience, was trying to figure, how do we solve this thing of the fact that church can become an event, but you can be lonely in the crowd? Anybody? I wonder how many times you've said it today. How are you? Somebody asks. And you just think, well, I haven't got the time to go into it. Or I don't really trust them, so I don't want to tell them. Or perhaps now is not the moment. But actually what you need to say to someone is, 
I'm doing really badly actually. Actually I'm worried about my mental health or I'm worried about my kids or I'm worried about my money or I don't feel like I'm growing in God. I feel like everyone in the room gets it except for me. These are the conversations of true church. And so this friend of mine got it down to, do you know what, anything over 50, it just seems to become an event. Let's just cap the amount of people in the room at 50. I'm not saying we're doing that, I just want you to get the example. And she gathered 50 people for a day of prayer and communion and conversation. And at the end of it, this man in his 50s was crying his eyes out. And she went up to him and said, what's wrong with you? And he said, I've been coming to church for 17 years and today is the first time that anybody's ever prayed for me. It's not enough to do our churchy events. We've got to know each other. Yeah. Now, let's be real. Everybody can't know everybody. But you need to be known and heard and loved and enjoyed and find the uniqueness in you flourishing. And that will not come from sitting in rows doing events. It comes from family. So here's my thing for the future. Where are we going with this site? Where are we going as Revive? More family, more friends, more food, more fun. Everybody say fun. Fun. There's going to be times when I get it already. People want me to be more spiritual, but I'm more interested in play because it is spiritual. I'm going to say that again because religious people don't like it. Some people want to have a Bible study instead of to play. And listen, sometimes the thing you need to do is to learn to play and not learn a little bit more Greek and Hebrew. You need both. But listen, there's a church of a friend of mine down in, 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 in Bristol. And the leader of the church is a trauma specialist. And she has seen, their church has really begun to increase recently, as she realised... So many people in the world are hurting, and so many adults never played properly as children and don't know how to play now, and that's why they're grumpy grown-ups. <laughs> and only if we were more spiritual, we'd have a breakthrough. Don't you find it amazing that Jesus did, just did ministry for three and a half years? And he played and disappeared and you couldn't find him and it was seas and fish and food and weddings and banquets and parties and, and yeah, I meet Christians all the time. We want another. It must be more spiritual. Our, frown, our, our brow must be more furrowed. We must look angrier and we must look holier when actually Jesus was anointed with joy above all of his friends. Yeah. This church down in Bristol, they decided, listen, the missing ingredient in modern life, and it's spiritual, and it's holistically good for you. It's good for your health, and yeah. you will be a better Christian if you realize this. You need to play more. Amen. Before they let people go into the worship times, it's ball pits and bucking broncos and things to jump up and things to climb up. I just met these people. I brought one of their leaders who was here. And he walked and he went, this is everything that our leader is saying they're doing in their church. Because play is the therapy this world needs, mm -hmm. and you need it too. Mm -hmm. You look at me going, but I'm not miserable. Well, you should see your face from here. <laughs> Some of you need a darn good dose of joy. And what 
he'll tell me is, no, we need another bread. He said, no, you need to smile and eat some pizza. And that tomato just run down your chin. And you need to sit and talk to him. And then when we go, so how are you, how are you really? You'll finally go, I myself to sleep every night, actually. And that's the beginning of revival. A prayer meeting without a play meeting is not a good meeting. See the whole Jesus. Not just the hour and a half Jesus on a Sunday morning. See the whole Jesus. Play with me. Walk with me. Come fish with me. Have fun with me. Try some miracles with me. Have some adventures with me. The religious got grumpier and grumpier. The happier Jesus got, the more fun he had, the more parties he went to. How's that this place becomes just like Zion? A city of festivals, a place of fun, a place of joy. Wash the religious spirit out of us. It will be remarkable. How's about if we learn it, then we can teach the world? There's a world out there that doesn't know how to play either. There's messed up kids, right? I think I think I, I, I've discussed two suicidal teenagers this week. There's a mess out there because you know our schools are pumped with the world is burning up, which it isn't, right? Even even uh, Bill Gates sits around going, listen. Don't exaggerate what's happening. There are temperature changes, but the world is not about to blow up in the lifetime of your children. But they're being taught that in schools. And so they're thinking there's no reason to live. And not only is the world blowing up and burning up around us, but who am I? Boy, girl, man, woman? A figment of someone's imagination, a mistake? How's about we learn to laugh again? Go, actually, life is beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Don't be so intense. Yeah. Life is beautiful. God yeah. is fun. Yeah. He made mountains and he made trees yeah. and yeah. he made he put he put Adam and Eve not in a warehouse factory, he put them in a garden. Yeah. And he said, What well, what should we do all day? Just look after it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just do some gardening. Amen. You mean don't have a prayer meeting? No, no. In the cool of the day when you're gardening, I'll meet you there. How's about we begin to just wash the religion and the intensity? Listen, not because it will make you less spiritual. No, it will make you more truly spiritual. Then we relax and lose our furrowed brows and start realizing you're precious, you're loved, he likes you. Amen. That's, so that's the first one. More family, friends, food, fun. What's the next slide, Zach? The A is for. More adventures in authority. Old era church, how many can we gather? Let's build church. And I'll be honest with you, it's slightly crude language, but work with me. Essentially, you couldn't help but there was a sense of branding and empire, and this church is big, and that one's small, and that one's famous. And do you get the feeling that they're all shaking a little bit right now? Yeah. Right? Globally renowned ones or regionally renowned ones. There's a shaking going on, but it's of God. He said, I want my church back, right? It was about how much did I attend? And it was about going to church services. Give us the next slide, Zach. Here's what the new era is all about. It's, it's more about go than gather. 
it's more, and this is a common phrase, and don't misunderstand this one, that many are using this phrase, we've been through an era of building church, but we're entering the era of the kingdom. Now, now that is that it's not saying that the church doesn't exist, it's just why is the church there? To express the kingdom of God. The best job in Christianity is not to pastor a church or be a youth pastor or a youth leader. Actually, you are a missionary made to transform the world. Right. Uh, the, end, the end story is this. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. That means it's your job to take a classroom and at the end of time lay it at Jesus' feet and say, I brought you a classroom. I turned it into a little bit of heaven on earth. I brought you my home. I brought you my kids. I brought you the business I'm involved in. I brought you the restaurant that I run or where I'm a waiter or a waitress. And Jesus, I turned it into a little bit of heaven on earth. That's the project. As far as Jesus is concerned, everyone in this room is in full-time ministry. And your job is to, if you work in McDonald's, Make your McDonald's a little bit of heaven on earth. I know that's hard, but there's chicken nuggets to help with curry sauce. Hallelujah. Turn your world into a little bit of... It's not so much what do we do. Some of us have been going to church so many decades. Do you know there's barely a new thing I could say to you as a preacher? I've said it all. I've been here 35 years myself. Don't you think I've told you every story I know? Absolutely. It is not therapeutic preaching or therapeutic preaching entertainment. It is go and change the world now with what we've learned, right? Let's go and transform places. It's not about empire. It's about humble collaboration. It's not about attending. It's about walking in authority. It's, it's actually beginning to do the work. And at the bottom there, that might confuse you. It's not about services. It's about seats. We're entering a new era where, hmm, if you look at the book of Colossians, it shows you that when God made the world, he created invisible thrones and authorities and principalities and powers. Are you with me? And, and every church has a seat of authority of leadership. Your home has a seat of authority. The question today is, are you sitting and ruling and reigning in that seat? Taking control over your finances, or your kids' health, or your mental health, or what you do with your time and your money, right? You have a seat of authority for you to occupy. But here's, here's another thing, and this is happening around the world right now. God is giving churches, apostles, and prophets, and others land and spaces in the earth that we are to occupy in this time. Amen. Yeah. 18 months ago, I walked onto land about a quarter of a mile from here, and I knew in my spirit, God wants us in this area. What is going on? And from that month, March 2022, all hell broke loose. Yeah. I mean, our family, we had to move towns, there was uh, a attack. Uh, we were homeless for three months. There was one week, a, a year last December, when I was on first name terms with eight solicitors dealing with property problems for the church and for us as a family. It was as if all hell broke loose. And it got to spring last year, and I was talking to Dr. Sharon Stern. said, Dr. Sharon, and I listed all the things going on, and she just looked at me and she said, is there land involved? And I said, yes, it's from the moment 
as directors, we said we wanted to invest in land around here. All hell broke loose and vicious attack began. And she said, the land does not want you to settle. The land does not want you to sit in seats of authority and occupy. But listen, church, we're here. We're occupying. We've made it. I ain't going anywhere. There are seats that as leaders in this place we need to sit on and take authority. Why? Because something's about to break out in the world. You watch, there are hot spots of the glory and power and authority of God. Uh, It's interesting, I was with John Conrad last week and he had a vision of people lining up trying to get into let loose because of the miracles happening on this ground. Uh, Leonie was in with the kids, I think it was last Sunday, got them drawing prophetic pictures, and one of them is the dome, and a big line of people trying to get into the dome. Listen, there are hot spots of miracles. If we can create a house of prayer and worship and the moving of God's Spirit in this place, there will be such a harvest of evangelism, such miracles wrought. It's because we're stepping from wandering in the wilderness, many ministries are like it around the world, stepping into occupying the promise land. Now listen, that's come in the last year with some Jerichos. But guess what? Giants fall to God and his authority. So listen, we're coming into a new year. So it is time to occupy seats of authority, people. It's time for some of you in your workplace to be the Joseph next to the Pharaoh and to begin to effect a change in society. This is the era of occupation and authority. That's not harsh. That's not abusive. That is how do we steward and love and compassionately care this world into the kingdom. We had an American university visitors uh, last week or the week before wanting to invest into trauma care for this region. Can you imagine ministering to thousands of young people who are so messed up right now in schools? If you don't know what's going on in schools right now, it is different since COVID. But there is a work to be done to transform lives. Guys, get ready for favour. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's do the last one because we're running out of time. But adventures in our authority is what it's all about. And then R is for, oh, it's got to be more real, more raw, more radical. Let's do it quickly. If the past was about, well, how good can we do a Sunday? If it was about what we call attractional models, let's make the church look good and people will come. Uh, it's It's a strategy that has worked in many ways for many years, but there's a change going on. Uh, it's been about organized religion. Let's get professional. Uh, demanded. I'll explain that in a moment. Give us the next slide, Zach, if you would. We're shifting in this place from polished performances to power and presence. From attractional models to the show is over. From organized religion, I like this phrase, I don't care if you don't get it, to disorganized religion. You know, the nice thing about family is, is when you turn up to a family event at your home, you don't need to sign in. No, no. And it doesn't matter if you're 10 minutes late. Yeah. It's called family. Yeah. The moment church becomes corporate, something changes. Now, not only does it feel less family, but listen, it feels less personal to us, and we become consumers yes. instead of it's my. If, if, you, if your language is that I go to revive or I attend revive, you're not there yet. 
revive is you. You're it. It doesn't get any better. We are it. It's your church. We are the church. So there's something beautiful about disorganized religion where we go, where we care more. Anybody ever watch Friends? You probably really yeah. shouldn't, should you? Yeah. But there's, a, there's an episode where where a cheesecake appears outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, whose door is it? Uh, Rachel and... Well, it appears outside that main flat. There's a cheesecake there. And who was in there? Was it Rachel or Chandler? Let's say it's Chandler. I think it was Chandler. And so he takes the cheesecake in. It's not addressed to them, but it's like, but it's a cheesecake. So they, they open it and begin to eat it. It's the best cheesecake ever. And before they know it, they've polished off all the cheesecake. And they feel a little bit guilty, right? Hide the evidence and, and hopefully it'll go away. Then another cheesecake gets delivered outside their door. And they're like, oh, oh, well, we really, we really should try and find out who, who this was for. They open the cheesecake, but they can't resist it. They've seen the cheesecake and, and they begin to eat it. And, oh, it's the best cheesecake ever. And they look at each other. I think it's Rachel and Chandler. And they say to each other, but is it really that much of a, my man, is it that much of a sin? You know, is it that bad that we, I mean, it's probably going to be from some huge catering cooking conglomerate that made it. Who's, who's it from? And they turn the box over and it's from Mama's Little Bakery, Chicago, Illinois. And suddenly they felt so, so guilty that they're not taken from some multi-million dollar industry, but from some little corner shop with some poor mom <laughs> cooking what she says, and they've been taking them. Uh, we don't mind being consumers when we think, well, they just got so much stuff. I'll just be a consumer. I'll come and sit and I'll critique the music, I'll critique the preaching, but it's just, it's that thing I go to. And how well are they doing right now? That's a consumer, not a disciple. The future's this. Welcome to Mama's Little Bakery, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to the place where we bake cakes and um, when things go wrong, it hurts us all. Welcome to the place where it's not that place on the corner and they must have enough money and enough people. And, and it, it, no, this is us now, it's family. And so the entire attitude changes when it becomes family. Is this really family to you? Well, if it's not yet, maybe over the next year, take steps to have more fun, more food, more friends, more adventures. Make it more real. Yeah, sometimes we'll start late. I kind of like it. I'm becoming African. <laughs> I'm, I'm dual nationality. I'm part Nigerian. I, 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 I'm not going to obsess over signing sheets. And, I don't know the child protection people do all the child protection stuff, but not me. I don't need to. Don't do it. And how's about we make it much more family? You know, when we get in that dome, I don't want rows. I want tables and chairs and mess, some sofas. I want to get a hammock somewhere. <laughs> and you know, the only people that will be confused by all that is religious people. They'll walk in and go, where do I put my hymn book? But the world will walk in and go, this is like a fun place to be. Yeah. It looks like family. And the music's a bit off. Do you know the current generation comes through going, I kind of like that. I don't need a show. I've not come to watch Taylor Swift. I've come to experience God. Yes. 
rough. There's something about it be, being more amateur. There's something about the demanded beloved is that message I did about David and Saul and Goliath. David's name means beloved. Saul's name means demanded. He was the one in the heavy armor who couldn't kill Goliath. And neither could any of his heavily armed army. They were all terrified. Then along comes David with his sling. His name just means beloved. He was the first love of God. And he might not wear a suit and a tie. And he might not look the part. But he loved God and God loved him. We will go further with our slings than with organized religion. Give me some disorganized family religion. Maybe there'll be some meetings when we spend a bit more time crying than laughing. Well, maybe that's real. Maybe there'll be times when we have the best conversation we've ever had in our lives. And burdens are lifted off people's shoulders. Realising, I'm known and I'm loved. Let's create a place where we're the beloved of God. Just in love with it. Stuart was preaching it last week. Being lovely. Lose the furrowed brow, it's putting the world off. I mean, I look in the mirror sometimes, it's like train traps down the middle. I should sleep with a plaster on my. Nivea, do you know that's what makes this 53 year old skin just clean? Oh Lord, help me to live longer. <laughs> How's it how we apply some Holy Spirit Nivea? Come on. Lighten up. I mean, if God isn't giving us a hint to lighten up by giving us an adventure park, I don't know what it is. It's like he's having a laugh. I can see some of the religious ones who completely cross-eyed with it or don't know where to put themselves. You remove the rose, it'll get even worse. Maybe some Sunday mornings we'll just eat breakfast instead of seeing any song or preach any sermon. And it's the most spiritual thing we could do. So listen, when we do that, please don't complain to me, because I'll tell you off. <laughs> because eating food together is spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. Playing together is spiritual. And if anything, with our lack of the venue over the last decade, it's the thing we've missed most. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually pretty darn good at the Greek and the Hebrew and the Bible. Some of you sat under it for decades. What you need to do is get on the zip line. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we we, we dominant to drag us up the up the put up on the zip line. Dominant to drag us up the high roads. You need your heart to beat again. You need to get to the end of the day and go, isn't God fun? When's the last time you thought God was fun? And then he smiled at you. And then he loves your kids to be kids. They don't need to be encyclopedias or concordances. Let kids play in this place. And as they do, they're going to bump into the glory of God, I tell you. Because there's two things going to happen on this land. Play and pray. And when you mix those together, you get a cake called the glory of God. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. What's the last slide, Dan? So can you see further? More family, friends, food, fun. More adventures in our authority. More real, raw, and radical. So embrace it with me. I know we'll bump heads at times, because we all prefer things to be done in a certain way. We all do. I'm exactly the same. I'm fighting my religious tendencies as much as you are. 
also within all that, I go say, so God, teach me some new things. Teach me some new things. So that we come out of this not with furrowed brows and deep knowledge, but with joy and peace and love, long-suffering, going to be a good journey. So listen, tie yourself to the bowsprit, be where you can see the horizon, and go, okay, I think we're going roughly in that direction. Fun, food, friendship, small matters, authority, lose the furrow brag. It's going to be a good year. Amen. Let's stand together. You stand coming out here.